All right, so today we are in John chapter 10, and I'm going to read our passage this morning. Starting in verse 1, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gates is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever come before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Morning, church. Perfect, that slide came up. Um, I'm the good shepherd. Isn't that fantastic? The claims of Jesus and John. And I think, I think I'm the good shepherd is, if you can choose one of the seven, it's gotta be right up there, right? I'm the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. I've been asked this morning to um, give you kind of the Old Testament context for, for this I am. And I, I've, I've got arguably the best chocolate in the world right here. I'm going to ask you, what Old Testament passage would you go to? What, what, what would be the passage that you'd go to? There's a must. There's a few because there's lots of imagery, but there is a must. Anybody? Psalm 23, great choice, but not the must, I would suggest. Anybody know the must? Button? Psalm 22, that's great as well. 22, 23, and 24, fantastic. But there's another one, and I'm hoping one of my Bible study guys will remember. Isaiah 52 is a fantastic one as well. Uh, I'm really looking. I'm hoping to give this away. 
Old Testament, please. <laughs> Isaiah 53. Okay, I get to keep this myself. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, I'm going to keep it. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 34. Okay, this is a must. If you, if you remember nothing from today, go home today, go home tonight, tomorrow morning, read John 10, read Ezekiel 34. This is the context of Jesus' dialogue with the Pharisees. It, it's absolutely the context. It would be in the minds of the Pharisees. They would, when Jesus claims to be the good shepherd, it's Ezekiel 34. Have a look. It, it blows your mind. It's incredible. I want to introduce you today, and I'm hoping he's behind that door, but I want to introduce you today to a good shepherd. I, I suggest he's not the good shepherd, but he's a good shepherd. Come on in, Calvin. <laughs> hey, thank you for coming, Calvin. Shall I hold the mic? We'll see how she does. <laughs> All right, fantastic. So who is she? What's her name? This is Daisy. Daisy. Yeah. You kids want to say hi to Daisy from there? <laughs> Daisy may be around after, depending on how yeah. warm. It's pretty warm outside. We'll is see it? how it goes. Okay. Yeah. If we finish early enough, Daisy might be out, out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, so Calvin, you're a good shepherd. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Life throws curveballs your way, so. True. Yeah. What, what sort of things do you have to do for Daisy? Uh, we have to feed them. Give them shelter and, uh, yeah, water, just all the regular stuff. Okay. And also veterinary care when needed, but... Yeah? yeah. So when, when she's hurt, you, you take care of her? That's right, yeah. Okay. Does, has Daisy ever been lost, or have any of your flock ever been lost? Well, she looks like she wants to get lost right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had one November where a dog snuck under the fence and chased all our sheep all over the mountainside. Took me, ooh, 18 hours to get one back. Okay. Yeah, that's, she was way up there, yeah. That's a pretty good commitment to go 18 hours to look for a lost sheep. <laughs> yeah. Have you got 100 sheep by any chance? No, 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 not that many, no. If you did, would you leave the 99 to go get the one? Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. I grew up with shepherds. I, I went to school with shepherds' kids. I went to church with shepherds. And I, over the years, I've asked shepherds, would you give you a life for one of your sheep? And I haven't found one yet that would. Would you... Give you a life for Daisy? Circumstantials, it, uh, it defines it. Like if an animal is attacking them, I'd definitely try and run the animal off. Yeah. But um, if it was my life or its life, I don't know. I okay. don't know. Okay, that's about as close as I've ever got. So, okay, give, give Calvin a clap and Daisy as well. Thanks, uh, Calvin. We might need the part-time cleaner up here uh, later. <laughs> Just <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Okay, let's, uh, let's look at, at, at Ezekiel 34. I have very limited time, but we'll just have a quick look. So if, if you jot in your Bible, if you like me and you scribble all over it, put Ezekiel 34 right there at John 10, and likewise the other way around. Um, let, let's read these words. This, this is the, I, I can't read the whole thing to you, but let's look at the beginning of Ezekiel 34, and contrast what Calvin told us, because this is, this is a word from a prophet called Ezekiel, uh, from God through Ezekiel to the people. He says, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. 
woe to you. So, so woe is like doom. It's, it's, an, it's not a good thing. If God says woe to you, that is not good. Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered all over the mountains and on every hill, they were scattered over the whole earth and no one searched or looked for them. So that, that's an indication of the leaders of Israel, the religious leaders, the political leaders, they didn't care for the flock, the people. So this would be in the mind of the, the Pharisees, who were the leaders at the time. They were the, the religious leaders in John 10. But here's the good news. Here's the great news. This is what the Lord says in the next few verses. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on the day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries. I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. They will lie down in good grazing land and they will feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. Isn't that great news? That's really good news. That's what the Lord is gonna do for, the, for us and for Israel. And, and it goes on. Here's the last couple of verses or towards the end of Ezekiel 34. We have this incredible prophecy and this is where, when Jesus claims to be the good shepherd, this is it. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them, and he will tend them and be their shepherd. And the thing is, it's not David as, as we think of David and Goliath, because by the time Ezekiel spoke these words of the Lord, he'd been dead 400 years. So this is not David in person. This is in the line of David. And who was in the line of David? Jesus, the good shepherd. So that's it. That's the Old Testament connection. I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. I'm happy to share this with anybody after if you want. Amen. Thanks, Alana. You know, one of the cool things is um, just about prayer, that we can talk about anything, anytime, anywhere, and he's there and he listens. Um, also, thank you, Andy. I... I had never realized that Ezekiel 34, I'm sure I've read it before in my life, but I'd never connected it so powerfully to the Good Shepherd. Um, it's pretty amazing what, how poignant it is, hey? That what was, what was Ezekiel saying that the shepherds weren't doing? Do you remember what he was saying they weren't doing? They weren't taking care of the sheep. They weren't going out and looking for the lost ones. They weren't caring for the sheep. Anything else? What they weren't doing? They weren't doing their job. <laughs> and it's amazing how he says, you're not doing it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to send someone who will do it. 
And so when Jesus is talking to this group, he's saying, I am the good shepherd. I'm going to lay down my life for the sheep. I'm going to care for the sheep. And um, so cool, we had a live sheep. I think that might have been the first time we've ever had a live sheep. I'm glad that the sheep didn't need to use the bathroom. That was really nice. Um, But what does the shepherd do? What did he say he does? Anyone, you are all so smart. He feeds them. Make sure he has good food. What else does the shepherd do? Good water, probably clean water, not nasty water. What else? Protects them. Protects the sheep. What does a sheep need protection from? Wolves. Do we have a lot of wolves here on the island? Not too many wolves in our area. There are some, but not too many. What might a sheep need protection from here? Cougars, absolutely. Okay, good, some bears. Sheep also, believe it or not, need protection from themselves. Sheep have been called dumb and stupid, ridiculous, um, because sheep tend to want to do their own thing. They get scared from silly noises and jump and run away. They... um, they think they, they might see grass on the other side of the fence and think that grass is better than the grass that they have when it really isn't. And so then they get themselves into trouble. But what I think is that sheep are just designed and created to need a shepherd. They're not dumb. They're not stupid. They were created with this need for a shepherd, for one to look after them, to take care of them, to keep them out of danger, to keep them kind of from themselves. So check out this video of a deer sheep. imagine what in the world was in that hole that was so important that that sheep needed to go down in there can you imagine that sheep like he can't get out of that hole by himself good thing he has a shepherd hey good thing I wonder sometimes was that shepherd just kind of in the field with his buddy and watching going oh hey watch there's a hole here watch what the sheep's gonna do Maybe the shepherd saw it. Maybe the shepherd saw the whole thing happen, and as soon as the sheep was in there, he's like, ha-ha, I'm going to go save you because you're going to die if you stay in that hole. Maybe. Maybe the shepherd didn't see it. Maybe it just happened. Maybe the sheep was, you know, playing around in the pasture and tripped and nosedive in. Maybe the sheep actually saw something in that hole and wanted to go in. I don't know. Could have been any of those. Could have been something else. But regardless, that shepherd had to go and rescue the sheep from the hole because the sheep, there's no chance he could get out of that hole. You know, we get ourselves in holes, don't we? Sometimes we seek out the hole 
Sometimes we go in and we think, you know, I don't, I don't care anymore. I don't want to be good anymore. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm going to go do my own thing and I'm going to go down in this hole. And before we know it, we are so stuck, we can't get out on our own. Sometimes it was an accident. We didn't mean to, to go too far down that internet site. We didn't mean to, it just happened and here we are and now we're stuck in it. We didn't mean to give in to our selfishness over and over and over to the point that now we're hurting our relationships, but we're stuck. We didn't mean to continually give in to our anger. But it felt good in the moment to just be so mad and just yell and throw things. But we didn't mean for the consequences of that. And now our, our relationships hurt. We need some rescuing. There are so many situations and the list can go on and on and on. And you all have them. We all have them. The shepherd lays down his life for his sheep, and Jesus did that in his work on the cross. He actually laid down his life and died so that we can have relationship with the Father. But it's not just that. He didn't just lay down his life on the cross. He lays it down daily so that we can have life. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they have life and have it to the full. Part of that life to the full means eternal life with God in glory. But another really, really special part of that life to the full is this daily rescuing that Jesus offers and he gives us. When we say, God, I need help, Jesus, I need help, I've done it again. I spouted off my mouth again and I, I hurt a friend because of what I said. I lied again at work or I was deceptive. I need you to rescue me. And Jesus does that. He comes in and he takes us out of the hole. He saves us from ourselves and gives us a life to the full in those moments, in those times. What pit do you perpetually go into that you desperately need a rescuer. You desperately need a good shepherd to pull you out of it. And when he pulls you out, do you stay out and say, oh, thank you so much? Because that's part of the glory of all of this. When we have been rescued and we have um, been restored back into fellowship, it is so beautiful and it's so wonderful that all we can do is, oh my goodness, thank you and give praise and glory to our good shepherd. You know, there's another um, quality of a, of a good shepherd. There's a lot of them. But another one is that a good shepherd cares for the sheep, right? He feeds, he waters, he um, makes sure that they're sheared, that poor sheep that was so uncared for, um, that needed some good shearing, annual haircut, these are things that a good shepherd does. Make sure that they take them to the vet if they're, if they're sick or injured. Um, when Jesus does this, the way that this happens looks different for every single one of us. You know, something can happen 
And we don't really know why, but sometimes when a you, when a, a mama sheep has a baby, for some reason, sometimes she rejects it. And when she rejects that little lamb, she won't let the lamb feed. She will kick it. She'll turn her back on the lamb. And we don't know why. But she abandons that sheep, that little lamb. And what the shepherd then does, if this happens, if no one comes to care for this lamb, the lamb will die. Doesn't have food, doesn't have care. So the shepherd picks up that little lamb and takes care of it, bottle feeds it, brings it into the house, warms it up, cleans it up, and takes that little lamb with it wherever the shepherd goes. And in the process of perhaps the most painful thing that could ever happen to that little lamb, of being rejected, hurt, abandoned, the shepherd then provides all of that, and that little lamb is so devoted to the shepherd. That little lamb will follow that shepherd everywhere. And even when that little lamb grows up to be a, a full sheep, that little, sh that little lamb, now big sheep, will know that shepherd's voice. That shepherd has spoken so intimately that, that sheep will know the smell of the shepherd, will know the gentle care and touch of the shepherd because it's experienced it. And that's part of when Jesus is saying, I will care for my sheep. They know my voice and they follow me. That's what the sheep will do. They will follow that shepherd everywhere because they're safe, they are cared for, they are loved, 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 and that's what Jesus does. And he will do it very intimately and very personally for each person. The way he cares for you will be different than the way he cares for me. Um, I remember one time I was a teenager and I was working for my brothers as a cook. They were working on a trail. They were building a trail, uh, joining two campgrounds. And they hired me at 16 years old to make them breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. That was it. That's all I had to do. It was very lonely. I spent all day, every day, pretty much by myself in this trailer. At the end of the road, no one was around. And about mm, maybe halfway, a little over halfway through the summer, I'd, I'd had it. No internet, no cell phones. And I was so lonely. I love people. And all I had were my two brothers who were exhausted at night and never wanted to talk. And I remember sitting in the trailer and I just cried out to God and I was just like, God, do you even care? Do you see me? Do I matter? It was funny because at that time, like after I've just like had this with God, I needed to go to the bathroom. And the bathroom was an outhouse about just 10 seconds out of the trailer. So I opened the door of the trailer to walk out and there, right in front of me, I felt like I could touch it. If I just had a ladder, I could touch it. It was this ginormous cloud, beautiful, like one of those big billowy clouds, and it was completely outlined in gold. And I just stood there staring at this cloud. And I'm looking around, does anybody else see this? Is anyone else around? And nobody was around at all. It was just me and this cloud. And I was like, oh, God, that's for me. That's my cloud. I had to go to the bathroom. So I run off to the outhouse, and I come back to see the cloud, and it had changed. 
It was not the same cloud. It was, not, it was still beautiful. It was just not as magnificent. And it just struck me. God, you do see me. Nobody else was around to see that cloud. No one else could have possibly seen it in its glory the way I saw it. And you gave that to me. That was how you, in this moment, said, Greta, I see you. And you matter, and I care, and I love you. Now, there have been so many other times in my life where I have very intimately experienced God's care and his love, and it's always been different. And you have experienced God's care and his love in different ways. Perhaps you had a very difficult situation happen, and a friend that you haven't talked to in a long time just happened to call, and you were able to talk to them. Perhaps you heard a song that so very pointedly spoke to the faithfulness of God that you needed to hear in that very moment that you could cling to and you go, yes, God, okay, you care. Maybe you were reading in the Bible and a verse that you've read a million times popped out so differently and so intimately that you said, God, you care, you see me. Maybe you were sharing with a friend some deep pain and some deep woes, and that friend in the end of the conversation said, let's pray. And they prayed for you and with you to trust that God had something bigger than you could ever imagine. You see, God will speak differently to every single one of us. He will speak intimately and uniquely because he's a good shepherd and he knows. And as you have those unique, intimate moments with God, do you know what happens? Your faith grows. You hear his voice and you learn what it is to be part of his family and experience his care and love for you the more you have those. The funny thing is, is that often those don't happen when everything is going great. It's often when we are in a deep, dark valley that God so beautifully reaches down, whether it's reaches down into that hole or reaches down and intimately says, I know you. It's when we're in that hurt of rejection or some situation happening that there's no way we could have planned for this. Or when, or when we got caught in the consequences of long-term sin and we were left with nothing else but our own filth that we turn and we say, God, I can't do this. I've been trying for too long. And so as a good shepherd, what does he do? He cares. He rescues. And in the end, our faith grows, and we learn what his voice sounds like. And we follow. And we follow wholeheartedly because we learn and we realize in the midst of all of that, he was there, he cared, and it's safer with him than anywhere else. Now, it does say that my sheep hear my voice and they know me and they follow me. And in a room with this many people, there's some of you who are not his sheep and you don't know what his voice sounds like because you have never given your life to him and said, 
be my shepherd. And if that's you, I want to just invite you today to think about that. What would it look like if you knew that no matter what happened, you had somebody that was walking with you through all the hard times? How would that look differently for you? And what's holding you back? What's stopping you from giving your life to that shepherd? If you're in that spot, come talk to me later. Talk to the person you came with. Have a conversation of what it would look like to give your life over to the shepherd who wants to care for you and look after you. And if you are one of his sheep, if you do say that you follow him, what is that thing that keeps taking you into the hole? What do you maybe need to confess and say, God, I need some rescuing today. I perpetually, dot, 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 what is it? I need some rescuing. Or God, I need to hear your voice today. Show me uniquely how you care for me so that I can hear your voice and grow in my joy and delight in who you are. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you are a good shepherd. Thank you that you see us, that you know us so intimately. God, I thank you for rescuing us from the pit that we ourselves get into. Thank you for taking us out of that muck and the mire. God, I also just thank you for intimately knowing us, for caring so much. And Lord, would you speak to us today in, in ways that we perhaps haven't heard you before, whether it's a cloud that's just for us, whether it's a verse, a passage, a song, however you need to get our attention, Lord. And in the end, may we just glorify you and praise you for what you have done, what you have given, and who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.